Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your sweet presence. Thank you for manifesting yourself here this morning. Oh, I love it. I love just being with you. I love being with your people. I love getting replenished by you. I love being sustained by you. I love just getting to walk with you. I love the way you've pursued me. Any amens to that? Lord, thank you for the way that you've pursued me. I'm a good runner. I'm a good runner, and you've came after me, Lord. And you have my heart, Jesus. Fully and completely, it's yours. God, let, let it all just be about you. I just see Jesus like surgically, and this kind of builds off the theme from last week, but I just see him surgically removing, surgically removing things that are distractions where we say in this moment that it's, it's all you. You're all I want. You're all I see. You're all I need. And then God just keeps exposing little parts of the heart that he's, he's helping us to cut out, helping us release it. And so we do just that, God. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're such a skilled surgeon that you'd help to operate on us and continue to conform us into the image of Jesus. Oh, what a privilege. What a privilege it is to be called a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High. God, we thank you. We thank you for the cross. Lord, we thank you for your son that you've sent to pay the price for our sins and for our wholeness, that through believing and repenting that we would step into this promise that you have for us, eternal life and relationship with you. God, we thank you for this good news that it's not about my performance. It's not about me doing enough good stuff and being that good person but it's by your grace. It's a gift that you've given to us. God, we're so thankful for it. Oh man, I could just praise you all week. Oh, yeah. Holy Spirit, would you, would you continue to move this morning? 
I pray, God, that you would take every, every word that's spoken and, again, just surgically implant it into us. God, that we wouldn't leave here without being transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. I have some vision for us as a church as the Lord continues to develop us, continues to grow us, have some vision that I want to call you into and uh, continue to shape us as a house, as a house of God. And here, here it is. We will be and continue to grow in being a house that feeds and a house that fights. A house that feeds and a house that fights. I want to start here. Psalm 23 Starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Get that picture in your head. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely. Oh, you got to declare this over yourself this year. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. As we are transitioning into 2022, into this new year, I've just been thinking back on some things and been processing with the Lord a little bit. And he brought me back to 2015 where I began like this formation of uh, kind of like a message that I would stand for uh, to help get the people of God fired up about who we are. And I just began jotting some things down, writing some things down. You've, if you've been around here um, maybe around a year, or maybe, maybe even less, you've, you've probably heard this, but I'm just going to continue building it. But I, I think, I, I was thinking of uh, Cool Runnings. You, have you guys ever seen that? You have pride. You have power. I won't keep going, but... I think the people of God ought to have some pride in who we are. Someone say, we are the church. We're talking about this movement which spans for over 2,000 years, sweeping across the globe and bringing transformation to lives. This is the movement that brings hope in the darkest hour, freedom to those who are oppressed, healing to the sick. It shapes countries. It brings provision to the needy. It brings direction to the lost. It brings sight to the blind and comfort to the hurting. The movement that changed the world is the church led by King Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, carrying out the will of the Father. Someone shout, we are the church. We are the church. 
we are the church, and I want to continue to, to grow in this understanding of who God's called us to be, of what this is supposed to, to look like. You know, as we talk about the church, a common word that we would bring back from the Greek is the ecclesia, where the called out assembly. Someone say, I'm called out. You are called out. I'm calling you out right now, boy. We're the church. And we've also been focusing on the fact that this right here where we sit, this is the building. You are the church. That means the church goes everywhere. The church is the one reaching out into the neighborhoods. The church. And I want to continue to build build our concept of what this is and what this means. It's a place where like-minded believers lift name, lift, lift name, lift high the name of Jesus. We sing together, we pray together, we mourn together, we celebrate together, we allow the Lord to show himself through the gifts, the study of scripture, we build each other up. This is a safe place that we can come and heal we can come and grow. It's a place that used to be similar to uh, like the marketplace where people can come and hear the, the good news. And the way each congregation looks is a little bit different from place to place, and I would call that the culture, the culture of, of that church. Now, another word that's used for this place that we gather throughout the scriptures is a house. House. It's used 5,388 times in 520 verses to refer to, this is a, a general definition, referring to the place that God dwells and meets with his people. I like that place. Now, I, I don't want us to forget that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, right? And so the Holy Spirit goes everywhere that, that we go. But there's something really special about when the Holy Spirit is indwelling people and then they all come together. It's like the Holy Spirit is like, I don't know, it's like multiplying. Just, it's just boom. Powerful. This is called a house. In Luke chapter 2, the house of the Lord is the place that Jesus refers to when his parents forgot about him. You guys remember that? <laughs> Whoops. You had one job. It's, it's like the Lord. Okay, all right. We'll have conversations in heaven, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, in Matthew 21, Jesus quotes Isaiah 56 when he drives the people out of the temple, stating that it should not be a den of robbers, but what? A house of, of prayer. 1 Peter 2.5 says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is a house. And when we talk about this house in specific, this house at Rise Church, this house is an investment house. Y'all need to know that. You need to know your context. You need to know where you're sitting. Okay, because when you're going to buy a house, you've got a couple different types of houses. You've got one that's fully furnished. It's got all your stuff. It's got, you, you don't want to do any work in it. You go and you chill. Okay? And then there's a house that you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, we're going to have to fix that. We're going to have to tear out this wall. We're, oh, those floors are done for. Um, 
yeah, we need an extra room. We need, we need to pipe in some water. We need some power with electricity. We've got, someone says, show me the power. Right? Right? We, this, this is that type of house. And here's the invitation. We want you to come build with us. We want you to come build with us. You've got a place. You've got some things. And I, I genuinely, as I look out across this room, as I pretend to look into the eyes of everybody online, <laughs> what I see are people who God has specifically designed, and you've got something to be released. We want you. Come and build with us. This is an investment house. The house that Jesus referred to um, in Luke chapter 2 has transformed quite a bit. And as I think about the, the different changes of the church and what changes should we have and what changes are like way too far as we evaluate what we're supposed, supposed to look like, um, I, I keep coming back to this, this thought. We've, we've got to be able to study through the different changes that have been made, and we've got to be able to identify which is the good, which is the bad, which ones are we supposed to be now, which was for back then, right? And so one of the thoughts that I keep having was uh, the fruit that we're seeing now is in, indicative of, of the root, right? The fruit. So, and that's probably important because we should probably look a little bit something like where it comes from. If not, you get to churches that look nothing like the Bible. You look like houses that aren't actually houses of God, but they look like something completely different. And so I want to go back to I want to go back to the root and being so close to after Christmas. I know people are like, "It's time to move on. It's the day after Christmas. Tear everything down, raw." Right? But we're, we're still continuing on in in this Jesus in this Jesus story. And so I, I learned some things this year that I didn't actually know before. And I wanted to share that with you and the Lord's used it to, uh, to shape our focus for this next year. So check this out. We know from John chapter one that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? And everything that was created was created through him, for him, and by him. Okay, so we have this, this word, this Jesus, there, there he was at the beginning before everything else. And as we move into the incarnation, Jesus leaving heaven. Whoa, someone dropped that. I was waiting for a couple more little beats there. Jesus comes down, and where is he born at? Bethlehem. And so there's, there's something there. There's something there that God wanted to share with us and calling us back to some of these roots of, of Jesus. And, and so just learning a little bit more about that word, that name, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. Beth, Beth means house. Beth means house. And when you add Beth to another word, it becomes house of or house belonging to. So we're talking about a house. We're a house. We're a house. Okay? And we're looking at the foundation. So lechem. Aramaic background is meat. Hebrew word, the common background for lechem is bread. So going back to our roots, as a church, we ought to be a house of a house of bread. A house that a house that feeds. A house that that fills. Am I doing that? 
man, okay. Say, stop moving. No way. Ain't happening. Sorry. And so it was, it was just interesting, like, connecting all of these things. So we have Jesus, who's the bread of life, and he is born in a feeding trough, or as I called it on Christmas, a bread dish, in Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. That's really cool. Like, that, that's, that's, that's some really cool connections. What does this mean, though? So what does it mean to be a, a house of bread? And I want to call us in and bring us into some practicality. What, is, what does this look like? Uh, G- John chapter 6, verse 51 says, Jesus is saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread I will give for the life, uh, let's see, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my, is my flesh. And so a house of bread is a house that, and a house that feeds is one that looks like it's, it's providing that direction towards Jesus. It's providing a means towards Jesus. This is who we've got to be. As we call ourselves a house of bread, we've got to constantly be pointing it. And I know we're, we're in church, and so obviously we're like, yeah, duh. But look, Part of our vision is to continue to plant churches, is to continue to replicate, is to continue to make disciples, and so we've got to have this foundation. A house of bread is one that points towards Jesus. Matthew 4 says that God's words are bread, and so we've got to have his word as a major part of who we are as a church. John 4, 34 uh, says that God's directions are food, right? My, my food is to do the will of God. And so when we come into the house of bread, a house that feeds, we've got to be a place that is listening to the Lord and giving that wisdom, words of wisdom, right? Words of, of direction. We've got to be this type of house. Uh, Matthew six eleven. as Jesus teaches us how to pray, he instructs us to ask for Daily bread. So his provision is bread. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9 refers to provision as bread. And so as we come into the house of uh, the house that feeds, this, this, this house, we should come with an expectation. God's going to provide. God's, God's been providing. I, I don't know if any of you came in the back, back here, but there's a new bus back there that God just provided. And uh, that's, that's one of two. God's a, God's a provider. And that's just one story. God's been providing time and time again. It's so good. Matthew 15, 21, as Jesus interacts with this Canaanite woman who asks for healing, there's this illustration that's given of uh, taking a children's bread and, and not throwing it to the dogs. And the woman says that all she needs are some of the, the crumbs from the bread. And so God's, God's healing is bread. And so again, as we talk about building this house, this is a house where we see God heal people. I'm not saying every single, single time, but we have faith for every single time that we'll see the manifestation of that healing right here and now. And we're going to pray like that, and we're going to declare it like that, and whatever else you want to call it, we're, we're going we're gonna to do that. This is a part of this, this house. Rise is and will continue to grow in being a house of bread, a house that feeds. 
When you want to get something to eat, you, you come here. When you want to get fed, you come here. When you want to get filled, you come here. This is where you come to get refocused. This is where you come to encounter. This is where you come to remain in his presence. This should be a place where you come when you need rest. I was just thinking about that because uh, sometimes we get into this mindset of like, oh, well, I, I need rest, so I'm not going to church. Like, yeah, gum it. I don't know if that's a bad word or not. That just came out. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Um, Right, but if we need rest, we let's come into the presence of God, where the people of God are are here to help minister and move with what God is doing. This is where you come to grow. This is where you come to get healed. This is where you make friends that become family. This is where you want to come and get fired up. Why? Because Jesus is here, and Jesus is moving. But allow me to ask a rhetorical question: Is is this all that we're supposed to be, a house, a house that feeds. Okay, is it like this line right here? Okay, okay, Ben is staying. I'm gonna really do my best to stay still, so pray for a miracle. We believe that we're at a house of signs, wonders, and miracles. We are switching, switching mics. There we go, there we go. So is this all that we're supposed to do? Is this all we're supposed to be? Just because. So it was. I had a good plan for like the final weeks of of uh, of 2021. If Caden, if if you could show that video, make sure our audio's up. What are your plans for the rest of the year? Eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. That was my plan for the rest of the year. And it's a good plan for the final weeks of, of the year. But when you move into the rest of the year, it's time to set that aside. We've got to do something with the food that we are eating. You've got to do something with the bread. We're coming to, to get fed here. And I believe that people are coming in and getting fed. But we've got to do do something with it. The purpose of eating food is to provide energy for activity. Hebrews 5 says that solid food is for those who are skilled in the word, constantly putting it into practice for the discernment of good and, and evil. And so the bread provided in this house of bread is supposed to be for the purpose of being transferred into the action of ministry. We've got to take this food and put it into into action or else we turn out like the video. That's what church becomes, where we're constantly just just eating. There's no energy that's being released there. It's just just sitting. A few other ways that the the scriptures might... um, might be speaking to this. So God is empowering the house to produce bread by giving the leadership gifts through the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor. And as they act in their calling and their empowerment, they produce bread, which equips the saints for the work of ministry. We eat, we get filled, we go out, we utilize the energy, we come back. Go out and do it again. The house of bread is providing a place, as it would talk about in James, to see more clearly into the mirror that is of the word. 
But there's still work left to be done after we see in the mirror. Now we've got to take what we've learned in the mirror and and go do something about it, right? The bread provided in the house of bread is for the purpose of being transferred to the action of ministry, both in your life and in the lives of others. And this is just fascinating. This is what was really cool as we, again, go back to the roots because the, the roots of Lechem, the Beth. Lehem, the house of bread. The, the other root of that is war. House of, house of war. And so we've got to be a house that feeds and a house that fights. Where we're putting this stuff into action. Why would we need to be a house of bread in a house of war? A house that feeds and a house that fills. Because you've got to do something with what you eat, number one. And because you have an enemy. We get this, right? We realize that we have, we have an enemy. What is your enemy? I, I heard, what was the enemy you said this morning, Cindy? Yes. So people we have confrontation with can be our enemy. First Peter, Peter 5.8 says who? The enemy, Satan, roars around like a, a roaring lion, right? He is our enemy. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 8 um, says uh, that our thoughts can be our, our enemy. Uh, Romans chapter 5 talks about our fleshly desires being our enemy. 1 Corinthians 3, 19 says the wisdom of man can be your enemy. James chapter 4 says friendship with the world is your enemy. Colossians 1.21 says sin is your enemy. So we've got some battle to attend to. We've got some battling to be done. How do we do it? How do we be a house of of war? 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, because we're still walking in the flesh, right? We've still got some flesh on these bones. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. That means we're not just walking around slapping people. (laughs) For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought, someone needs to write that down, take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your, disobedience, uh, when your obedience is complete. And so our, this battle isn't of, of the flesh, it's a spiritual battle, and as we come into the house of, of war, one of the things that we need to be doing is helping people to know how to declare false thoughts. All right, so we're going to be calling stuff out. This is not of Jesus. Right? The way that you see yourself, that is not the way that Jesus sees you. We've got to gain a Jesus perspective and, and, and see from there. Ephesians 6 gives us a whole bunch of excellent tools that we ought to walk in. It says, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of, of righteousness. So we've got to be equipped with the truth. As we come into a house that wars, we've got to be equipping people 
with the truth. We're strapping it on and declaring it as the truth, putting our identity there. And as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. A house of war or a house that fights helps prepare us to share the gospel message. We've got to, we should be helping uh, equip each one of us to be able to share the gospel with the people in, in our lives. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. In 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, Paul uh, says to fight the good fight of faith. I heard a preacher say it uh, recently this way, you don't have to attend all of the fights that are in your life. Just, just attend the good ones. Attend the good ones. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We've got to have the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. I love in 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul tells Timothy to wage good warfare according to the gifts given him. We've got to be a place, and we believe this as a church, we've got to be a place where people are learning to understand the gifts that God has given them and learning how to operate in them. That's going to be one of our focuses. It's one of the goals this year as an area to be growing in. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. So, there's also aspects in James 4 and 1 Peter 2 where holiness is a war, is part of warring. Living holiness, living different from the world around us, this is actually us stepping into warfare. So a house that feeds and a house that fights. When we feed, we're talking about the word and the presence of God. We're talking about providing direction and means to Jesus. We're fed with God's word and his direction and his wisdom, a place where God shows up to provide, a place where people are healed. And when we're talking about being a house that fights, we're talking about teaching people how to declare them their victory in Jesus over every false thought, putting on truth and righteousness, preparing people to share the gospel, taking steps of faith, praying, growing in the gifts, living in holiness. Worship, if you could come as we would move towards, towards a close. Again, I, I think it's important that we just understand the context that we live in and the context that we are currently in as, as a church, what we're, what we're doing here. You're in the midst of a spiritual war. It's the truth. There is a battle in the spiritual realm currently. Some of it intensifies, some of it... Is detensifies a word? There's ups and downs. There's a clash in the spiritual realm where culture, religiousness, and a new age spiritual order are feeling the pressure of this true church that is on the rise. There's, there's a shaking in the spirit in this region. There's a shaking, and the enemy feels it. The church is magnifying Jesus. 
The church is submitted to the will of the Father. The church is empowered by the Spirit taking steps. And what was once an unrecognizable whisper is getting clearer and louder. Jesus. And it's becoming a war cry. Jesus. It's continuing to rise in every single time. We take a step in the direction towards Jesus. This, this name is lifted higher and, and higher and the spiritual realm is trembling at his name because they know that they have no choice to bow down. Listen, every marriage, can you hear it? Every marriage that's saved, Jesus. Every life given to God, Jesus. Every addict set free, Jesus. Every life turned around, Jesus. Every baby that's saved, Jesus. Every body that's healed, Jesus. Every prayer that's said, Jesus. Every time that the gospel is shared, Jesus. Every person going from religion into relationship, Jesus. Every time the impossible situation is met with, God is able, Jesus. Every time something doesn't go how we planned it but we say but God is still good and he's still my God Jesus every time we choose to forgive even when he didn't say I'm sorry Jesus listen the gates of hell are being plundered and the kingdom of God is advancing here in southeastern Idaho we are moving forward and the name of Jesus is at the center of it all he is lifted high he is our king and listen I, I wish I wish that I could come up here this Sunday as we begin into 2022. I wish that I could say, the battle's over, guys. We've made it. We've made it. There's going to be no more trouble. It is, we're, we're solid. We're, we're, we're good. We're good to go. It's all going to be smooth sailing from here. But I can't. I can't tell you that. The, the battle's just beginning. But here's, here's what I can tell you. As we are in this battle, guess what my God does? He provides a table. He doesn't even have to knock the enemies down. They get to watch us eat. This is a good sandwich. So let me end here. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, and surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, I thank you so much for the headings that you've given us to continue to grow with a clear purpose of being a house that would feed. And not just feed specific angles or specific sections of your word, but that we would feed from the whole council of Scripture. We would be that house, and that we would be a house where you would come and you would prepare a table, that you would feed us, 
and that you would continue to prepare us for battle. That as we would go out in battle, we would declare, this is how I fight my, bo- my battles from, from my knees. This is how I fight my battles from living in holiness. This is how I fight my battles from the comfort of knowing that I've already won because you've already won and I'm in you. You and me. We declare that we are yours. We, we declare, we declare as, as the prophet Blake Sheldon Shelton would, would say, this is God's country. We declare Southeast Idaho, this is your country here. We're claiming the stake. We're continuing to press in. We're continuing to say yes. And I thank you for all the opportunities that you're, you're raising up. Lord, open, open eyes. Open our eyes to see the harvest field all around us that is ready to be harvested. These opportunities that you're continuing. I just keep hearing stories, y'all. I keep hearing stories of God opening doors for people to share the gospel, to love, love them with the power and the love of Christ. So look for these doors. God, help us to see them. Help, them, help us to be courageous and strong. Help us to rely on you. And Lord, I I pray for a bountiful harvest this year for your kingdom's sake. But also as we seek to be this, this house that feeds, this house that fills, and this house that fights. Father, I pray for the laborers. Help the people of God to receive the laborer's call. Empower us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, thanks again for letting us be a part of your life. We pray that this time has just been life-giving to you. And if it has, if this has been a blessing towards you, there's a few things that you can do in return. If you haven't given already, we would be so grateful for your financial partnership and helping us to continue to empower people with the love and the power of Jesus Christ. So you can give on our website at risechurchid.org. We would also love if you would like or review us on any of our social media platforms. We would also love for you to share it with a friend and maybe tag us. So thank you so much again for letting us be a part of your life. We're praying that Jesus would empower you by his Holy Spirit to bring transformation to the world around you. Love you and God bless.